You're about to hear a panel discussion called More Than the Moments, the life and work of Tove Jansson. It explores the life of Finnish artist and author Tove Jansson, who is best known as the creator of the Moomins, whose adventures have been translated into more than 50 languages. The talk reveals much about Jansson and her extraordinary legacy. The speakers are Sofia Jansson, who is Tove Jansson's niece and artistic director of Moomin Characters Limited. She is joined by art historian Tuula Karjalainen, who has written Jansson's biography titled Tove Jansson, Work and Love. The discussion is hosted by comics expert Paul Gravitt. My name is Paulina Stolberi. I'm the director of the Finnish Institute in London. Welcome to our podcast, which was recorded at the Lakes International Comic Art Festival in Kendall in mid-October 2017. Good afternoon. Hello, I'm Paul Gravett, and I'm delighted to welcome you to More Than Moomins. Uh, our next, the next hour, we'll be discussing the life and career, the personality, the creativity of Tove Janssen, the amazing Finnish artist who, as you know, invented the whole cast of the Moomin characters, but also did a great deal besides, a great deal more besides. And to take us through her work and life, I'm joined by two people who knew Tove Janssen very well. Um, and so we have a chance to learn much about her and personality in her life. So we're joined by Sofia Janssen, who is Tove Janssen's niece. Uh, and uh, uh, Sofia is also working very closely with Moomin characters to make sure that the, this beautiful legacy continues to be enhanced and enriched through films and other kinds of productions uh, to the present day. As you know, the Moomins are still extremely popular uh, and they, they look like being with us for, for many, many more years to come. And joining us also on the sofa, I'm delighted to introduce uh, Tula Kaliainen, who has written a beautiful book on Tovjansen called Tovjansen Work and Love, which is one of the most in-depth and revealing biographies you will ever come across, I think, of her work. It's a really superb uh, piece of writing and research. So we really have two great experts. So can I please ask you to welcome Sofia Janssen and Tula Kaliainen. Oh, hang on, hang on. And I've forgotten to mention, we have a third person. He's not on the sofa. He's not allowed on the sofa. Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards is shackled to his drawing table, where he'll be producing an, a beautiful piece of artwork in the spirit of the exhibition, which hopefully some of you have seen, just up, uh, up towards the station. What's the name of the gallery? Wild the Wildman Wildman Gallery. Wildman Gallery, which is beautiful. It's full of not only Jonathan's exquisite watercolours and also some scraper board and other drawings, yeah. which are very much in, in the spirit of Tove Janssen and Moomins. There are also beautiful felt sculptures, felt models of other characters and cre creations made by the brilliant felt mistress Louise Evans, who is, I know, looking in the audience over there. <laughs> so she deserves a round of applause too. And as no doubt you've probably noticed as you wandered round, Kendall, there's quite a few other Moomins lurking uh, in shop windows, some lovely ones drawn by, by school children locally. Um, and in fact, in the very in the brewery art centre, right by the reception desk, just opposite is a big double-shelved glass cabinet full of beautiful plasticine models of various Moomin characters made, I think, by local school children, which children, are great. Yeah. I mean, great plasticine models, so that's good. And in the background, we have some lovely images which will be rotating 
you'll be able to see um, not only the, the moving characters, but also her, uh, their, their creator. But I think it's a good place to start is with you, Sophia, because of course, because you've known, uh, probably known Toby more closely and longer than perhaps anybody, certainly, certainly than, than me, and certainly than than, Car, than uh, Tula. Um, what was she like as a personality, as a person to, to be with, as a as an auntie, Auntie Tova, I suppose, for you? Were you? Um, where did, what earliest memories do you have of her? And perhaps also perhaps of her being somebody making and thinking and being such a creative individual. She was my father's sister and 12 years older than, than him. That's quite a big age gap, actually, That's isn't it? That's quite a big age yeah. gap. And so, obviously, when I was born, she was already, you know, not quite old, but, but definitely an, an, an adult. Uh, so my memories, my strongest memories are, of course, from my childhood. Um, and uh, just like Tuve, we lived on an island very close by. And in those days, um, we would spend a lot of time together, not only going to each other's islands, but also to other islands. And so, you know, later on, when, when I really got into the details of the Moomin books, um, you know, people said to me, oh, you know, all these strange adventures that, that they have. I, I was thinking to myself, well, what's strange about them? That's what we do all the time, <laughs> you know. You recognize in, family life in yeah, them, yes, yes. In the summertime. Yes. But, um, it's, a very, it's a very Finnish thing, isn't it? Having a, it is a, a very summer Finnish. houses, cabins, islands that you go to to escape the city. Yeah, it's yeah. a very Finnish thing. And be close thing. to nature, of course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, either you're by a lake or you're in the archipelago on, on an island. Um, I don't think as a child I realized how unique Tove was, but of course now that uh, I read wonderful biographies like the one written by Tula, I, I really see what an exceptional woman she was. And personally, of course, uh, to me, she was my part of my family, my, my immediate nucleus family. We had a very small one. My mother died when I was very young, so I was raised by my father and really Tove, her partner, and my grandmother. So that mm. was my, my family. Mm. And, um, and I think one of the most wonderful things was that she never, ever treated me like a child. I was always an equal member to everybody else in the family. Um, I'm sure as a child I couldn't really grasp how that worked, but later on I was, I, you know, I've often thought that's such a wonderful quality for someone to have, to meet you on your level without putting him, herself above you or below you or anywhere, but really meeting you as another human being. And I think that's something, that's a quality Torba had, um, that it might sound, sound so strange now, but but it really is quite unique. I don't know if you agree, Tula? Yes, I, I do, I do. That she had this amazing ability to, you know, make you feel just on the same level as her. Mm. But then obviously, you know, when you look at what she produced in her life, it's mm. not very many of us uh, will actually be able to, to, to do that. Would, so, can I ask, yeah. were, you, uh, were you creative? Did you enjoy, like as most children do, writing and drawing your own stories? Um, and did you share them at all with, with, your, with, with Auntie Tove? I mean, it was, a, um, you know, obviously Tove's parents were both artists and she mm. was, and my father was a writer and my uncle was a photographer, so. A very creative family. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I obviously read and drew and wrote stories and we made little plays and all those things that you do uh, in, an, in an artistic family, I suppose. Um, I think then later on, for, personally for myself, uh, them all being so successful was a little bit of a... A bit daunting. Uh, you're daunting yes, for me. Yes. So, in fact, I remember when, when I was a teenager and my father uh, and I talked about the future, he said, whatever you do, don't become an artist because you'll be poor the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I think they, they all had high hopes that I would, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer or something respectable, yes, yes, you yes, know, yes. other than what they'd all chosen. Um, and I think... Um, I was quite frightened to enter into any of the arts because it just mm. felt like they were all doing it and I wanted to do something completely different, mm. you know, kind of make my own mark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But uh, here I am taking care of Torvus Legacy. So yes, <laughs> I didn't yes. get very far. <laughs> and that's, that's worth underlining because, I mean, the moment is still a family concern. It's still, as you say, and it could so potentially, doesn't the, it could have potentially gone to, say, someone like Disney, who I know were at one stage quite interest, interested. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a validation that you've managed to hold on to the, this wonderful legacy and look, look after it so carefully and so, so uh, sensitively. Otherwise, it, one could imagine it could have been perhaps uh, uh, slightly spoiled, perhaps, by being, being sold off to another huge corporate entity. Yeah. Um you know, there's that saying about some how how things go in three generations. There's the creator, and then there's the one who basically takes care of whatever's been created, and then there's a the third generation that destroys it. Mm. Now, mm. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that the next generation doesn't destroy <laughs> this, <laughs> right. Right. and I feel quite passionately <laughs> about uh, trying mm. to make sure that it Tuva's work uh, will last. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and. Can I bring you into it? What was your first encounter with uh, with Tova like? How did you first meet? Um, of course, I have known her as an artist. Yes. Um, because I'm an art historian. Right. And and that's a part of my work. And, mm. and but I didn't know her personally. Mm. I know her paintings, and of course, I I, I knew Moomins and mm. I read those, and I was reading Moomins to my children, and, and now I'm reading to my grandchildren. So of course. That's uh, that's something, but uh, um, uh, the thing was uh, that I was thinking uh, that I will do an exhibition and a catalog or book about uh, the art in Finland during the war time, mm -hmm. and um, I was starting that, and then I thought about the artists that I want to have uh, in that book, and and uh, Tuve was one of those. There were others, but the others I knew much better because they were part of my doctoral thesis. I made a doctoral thesis about the 50s. Mm. So mm. so I didn't know Tuve's uh, paintings so well. Mm -hmm. So I thought that uh, let's start <laughs> with Tuve. Mm. And then I started uh, with Tuve. And then I realized how enormous uh, thing 
she was <laughs> and all the things she was uh, doing and, and uh, all the paintings because at that time people didn't really know about her paintings in no. Finland. Of course I knew that she was a painter but I never imagined the amount of the paintings and, mm. and the quality of the paintings and, mm. and so on and then I get uh, that I must do an exhibition about Tuve's uh, works during the wartime mm. Mm. and then I was thinking why wartime only mm. and then then <laughs> I began to think and and then I contact Sofia and I said that uh, what she would think about uh, the idea to have an exhibition um, huge exhibition about uh, uh, Tuve's uh, works paintings but also uh, graphics and uh, whatever she draw and movies of course mm -hmm. so from the beginning to the end mm -hmm. uh, the whole career and, and then it uh, started and then uh, Sofia gave me the keys to Tuve studio ah. And, That's and a great mark of trust there. I yeah, think. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. I, I saw her a couple of times only. <laughs> I always remember that when you hear and and the the numbers you have to put. And then then I was there reading the letters and memoirs and whatever. And and so uh, I must say it it sounds quite naive, but it it was really so that. Uh, uh, the text and the uh, studio and the works, there were many paintings and everything. Mm. They, they kind of uh, went to my head. Mm. And uh, and they took me in mm. a way, and and uh, there was one uh, one evening that I was reading and doing works, and it was very late in the evening or night, and I looked through the window and it was so dark, and then I thought, and now I must go home, and then I went, and it was the wartime letter I was reading that time, and I was there out the building, and. I realized that I was looking at the sky and I was uh, thinking if there are those planes bombing Helsinki. And then I thought that maybe I take one week rest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Just a yes. little bit. But it, it's so, so strong. The text is so strong and yeah. the letters are so strong. Everything yeah. is so, uh, so in a positive way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you were literally inside her studio where she did yes. much of her work. Yes. So yeah. that must have been a magical experience. Yes, you, it was. It was really yeah. in the ferment, yeah. the place where all the ideas yeah. came together. I'm so yeah. happy to have this uh, these years, and yeah. I just love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have the chance to meet Tobi Hansen in person? Yeah, I met her once, mm -hmm. and um, because I was at that time, I was doing an exhibition of Samvanni, and Samvanni was uh, to was very, very during the 40s, a very good friend and lover and a teacher and, and a very good friend all their lives almost. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I called Tuve. Tuve was old and sick at that time already. Mm -hmm. And I thought that she wouldn't take me when I asked if I can come and interview her. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, about someone. Yes, yes, I will speak about because some was very dear. Mm -hmm. 
poem. Mm. Yes, and then I went, and then I was a couple of hours there, and I asked what I had to ask, and then she said that she will find her memoirs about how someone was teaching her, and blah, 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 and she did. Mm-hmm. We had that in a catalog now. Excellent. And had, yes, and, and then I said that now I'm ready, and thank you, and uh, taking my things and going, thinking, going out. And then she said suddenly, are you very busy at the moment? I said, no, no, I'm not busy uh, at all. She said, yeah, but can you stay a little bit while more? And yes, of course. Then she said, do you want to have a whiskey? Ah. And I said, of course I want to have a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it was one o'clock during a day, and, and, and yeah. then we had a whiskey. And she had also. And then I had a problem at that time. Uh, no, not anymore. Uh, I was smoking. Ah. Yeah, and that's a and bad two, habit. Two of us smoked. Yeah, but not yeah. anymore, because oh, doctor say no. And then I said that, uh, is there any place that I can have a cigarette? Because I really needed that. And she said, oh, you can smoke there. Take And then I took, uh, and they said, give me your one. (laughs) (laughs) And the doctor said, you can't, because he has lung uh, bad thing there. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, she tried, but didn't, uh, it wasn't very, uh, very uh, well, but anyway, I had my cigarette and she had uh, some also, and we had whiskey, and then she started to interview me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Turn and, the tables. Yeah, yeah me change roles. Lovely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Was, it was wonderful because uh, I, I realized that uh, someone was so dear for her mm-hmm. still, but uh, some uh, had um, remarried in the end of uh, 60s, mm-hmm. and the new wife didn't like the ex-girlfriends. Ah, of course. So she didn't so know so was well. Kind of ostracized. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then I, I knew, knew someone and her new wife and, and his sons and everything. So mm. so I was very, uh, very, I, I told everything that I knew. And, and we were very happy. He, she was very happy when I told about Sammy's two sons and uh, what are they doing. And, and uh, so, and then we spoke about life and to be a woman and and work and art, of course, art, art, art. Absolutely. Mm. And what was Tove Janssen's take on art? Because uh, as we, as we realize, many people here maybe don't know Tove Janssen had a big career as a, as a painter, as yeah. a, and also even as a political cartoonist before yes. the movie. Yes. And of course, people perhaps better know that she wrote some wonderful books, wonderful novels. Yes. Um, but for her, art was, was really central, wasn't it, to her life? Yeah, art was, yeah, as she said, as the the heart of my her book life, is yeah. The Work and Love. Yes. Love is very important. And, that and it seems to come second. Yeah, but it's second. <laughs> Work is first. Yes. And um, about art, um, uh, I think her the problem in her life uh, was that she was so talented in different kind of fields. Many fields. Yeah. Yes. And there, um, I, I think that she sometimes was sorry about, and uh, that I had this kind of impression at that time also that um, because he gave up 
painting. Mm -hmm. There were many reasons for that. Mm. Um, but um, and she was loved and known and mm, so on uh, of movies. But uh, it wasn't. Um, she would prefer to to be loved by her paintings. But there are so many, many things as in human life always are. So things change, then art uh, change, and everything change. And, and then there was the war. Mm -hmm. And I think the war was uh, something that really changed her life. And, uh, and mm -hmm. also the practical things. She had mm -hmm. to earn her life yeah. uh, and to, to pay her studio and mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. have food and then she had to uh, make those illustrations and postcards and yeah. and in the movies exactly mm. because not enough money was coming in from making from doing paintings it's very yeah. hard to be a yeah a, a full-time painter yeah. isn't it? yeah because yeah. painting uh, she couldn't live with that no 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 yeah she people bought those but mm. um, not in that much uh, that she would live and hmm. and uh, during the 60s and uh, already in the end of 50s um, in Finland like in Europe uh, uh, came abstract art yes and um, that what, what was, was what was Toba's opinion of abstract yeah, art Did yeah that's what, that? that was difficult also yeah. Sambani was uh, beginning to do abstract right. things and all other friends of uh, art friends went to that side mm. and if you think about an artist Tuve who she is a storyteller yes. also in her paintings mm -hmm. and you uh, give up the story mm. because they said that old-fashioned yes you can't have Not this narrative. she had a wonderful novel about the uh, uh, painter old painter who did uh, didn't hear about the culture outside and yes. did whatever but you read it but but then then she tried uh, in the end to do abstract art and mm. it was not her no. thing and mm -hmm. and and there were other things so also but um, i i have this impression that uh, in a way she was sad about that, that yes, it was yes, yes. but it was funny when we had the, uh, the huge exhibition in ateneum so Sophia this is a and big, big, big museum in Helsinki, isn't it? Yeah. Really, yeah. Athenaeum, yeah. So there were so many people came, coming to see for the opening, <laughs> and they said, oh, but Tuve, she wasn't a painter. What are these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be yes. because, but she had so many roles, yes, and she did, yes. and as I said to my publisher, mm -hmm. that it's not going to be one book. I can't write one book. I must write six books. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, no, 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 you are not going to do All that. Into one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She lived almost six creative lives, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or seven. Or seven, perhaps. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and you mentioned the beginnings of, uh, of the struggle of making 
making money. That was one of the reasons, of course, why she she agreed to the the, the demands of, of making a, a daily newspaper strip uh, for the evening news uh, in the 50s. Um, perhaps we could bring you in on this because this is uh, was a big career change, of course. And I believe she. I've read some of the. You mentioned it, I think, too. I mean, there's the idea that she thought well, I could do this, and then I've had enough time on the side yeah. Yeah. to to do painting. Now, anybody in the audience that makes comics, or um, Jonathan, I'm sure, as well, knows that the idea of doing anything on the side of also making comics is a bit of a dream, really. You, you, you can't do comics full-time, anyway, and do other things as well. Um, and that was a setback, wasn't it, for her? Because she was really sucked into the, uh, the rigours of making a daily strip. Yeah, I mean, um, well, for those of you who don't know, I mean, she was offered a... Uh, seven-year contract it was to, quite a deal, to wasn't it? Which, yeah. which was an incredible deal mm. for her you know a Finnish woman in the 50s to be offered uh, such a deal by a, by an English syndicate for mm. an English afternoon newspaper I mean part of the reason she was overjoyed was because it meant a steady income for, mm. for those seven years mm. which enabled her to one live two by her studio, <laughs> and you know that, as Dola mentioned, they had really lived from hand to mouth. The whole family mm. always. Mm. So this was unheard of that she would have a steady income, and of course she was overjoyed. But then what it actually meant in practice was so much work. And I mean, as you said, Paul, mm. uh, she thought she might work on the side, but in the end she couldn't, and she really started to hate, you know, all the deadlines and and having to make up new stories at the pace mm -hmm. that the syndicate mm -hmm. wanted. In mm -hmm. the beginning, she had a little bit more time, but then, you know, those stories were quickly used in the newspaper, and then she had to sort of invent and draw new things. <laughs> and, you know, rather than loving it, she started hating it. Yes. And, um, and she actually made uh, one comic strip, uh, not so much about the deadlines, but about being famous, mm. uh, you know, Moomin mm. in the Golden Tail, which is, mm. which is a very funny one if you don't. If you don't know it, you should you should try and read it. But it has a kind of a level of reading where you realise she's expressing her yeah, where she's anxieties. Actually, yes. Yeah, she's yes. actually talking about the anxieties mm. and 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 all the demands put upon her mm. as as a comic strip artist. Mm. But but I think it's uh, worth mentioning that. Um, you know, I said uh, earlier that she was sort of ex an exceptional person, but I think this comic strip, you know, episode also is is was quite amazing because mm. in those days you didn't have that many female comic strip artists. No. I mean, luckily today we do, mm. but mm, yeah. but in those days there there were hardly any, and you have to think back to the 50s. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of prejudice against women, A, being artists, B, working instead mm. of being, you know, married and having children and staying at home and so on. So the fact that she was offered this contract. I mean, there's a nice story, which perhaps Dola can, can tell you about that, that when, you know, Mr. Charles Sutton comes to Helsinki to meet her in 1952. But, um, but the fact that she then goes on to, you know, come to London to be schooled, to be a comic strip artist, mm -hmm. and then goes ahead and does all of this, mm. again, is quite amazing because she was quite courageous to, to take all of this on. Um, 
and then, you know, become so successful at it. Mm -hmm. It was um, really, I think, admirable. Absolutely. So what what could you tell us, Tula, about how Charles Sutton managed to convince Tula Um, to to take on this this project? I think uh, Tula really wanted that Mm. in the beginning. Yeah. As he said, that famous, uh, to be uh, uh, famous is, in the beginning, is nice, wonderful, and in the middle, doesn't feel anything. Mm. And in the end, it makes you feel ill. Right, it becomes too <laughs> yeah, much. It's yes. like yes. To, to be uh, uh, around on a roundabout, and yes. you, you, uh, and it was really uh, like that. It became very difficult for her. Yeah. Yes. But uh, uh, she said it. But they came from uh, from London, mm. uh, Mr. Sutton, and she wrote them that uh, in Finland and in Helsinki, uh, people are not so talkative. They are very shy, as you see, as we are. Very of course. shy, not yes. talkative at, not all. at all. No, and we are very typical Finns. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, but it happened to be the first uh, of May that people are drinking and dancing and shouting and singing. So and it's the May it's, holiday. Yeah, yes. yeah. But in Finland, that's it's enormous. Mm. They are the whole year. They are uh, uh, not saying anything. And mm. one day they it's are. The one day. The yeah. One day. And that yeah. was the one day yeah. Charles Sutton was yeah. in Helsinki. Right. He came and. Okay. And, and then he was amazed because they were in a restaurant in a camp. Yeah. And he was sitting and everybody came, uh, people were sitting uh, down on his lap and <laughs> giving uh, kisses and everything. And he was, ah, oh, what a country. What a wonderful, <laughs> especially a very reserved Englishman coming yes, to yes, Finland. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. But uh, it was yeah. a day. But I think um, then they, they had a very good uh, relationship and uh, Tuve wrote uh, him quite often and mm. in the end uh, they of course they wanted to do a go on because because people love those uh, comics and and uh, strips and and they were in um, um, 40 countries yes. and uh, 20 million people were reading then at that time it was really enormous mm. and, and presumably I mean Tove Janssen she was benefiting from those yes that, that, that strip yeah. being syndicated so widely she yeah. would be sharing in the yeah the world she was the, the, yeah, the she was very yeah. famous in Europe. So she's Europe. been paid quite well. Yeah, yes. and after that she became quite famous also in Finland. Uh, Finnish speaking uh, uh, newspapers in Finland, they bought the license from Evening News. Yes. So it is England they exactly. found out to was fame. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's coming from England. Oh, yes, yeah. that calls to Newcastle. Yeah, kind of thing. because yeah. In, in Finland, uh, yeah. people, uh, Finnish speaking Finland, is especially people were thinking that uh, they were too clever uh, creatures. We only love uh, princesses and, and uh, the, this kind of witches and uh, those old, old kind of stories. But, the the uh, Kalevalanus yeah. stories, I yeah. see, yeah. I don't know about that, but, uh, but uh, it was. And, and as uh, Sofia said, that in the end, Tuvet didn't. It was a nightmare for her, mm. and to have to to do that on and on and on and on. And mm-hmm. then she wrote a letter to uh, Sutton, and I think it was wonderful because she said that this work uh, of mine. Uh, is now like a worn-out marriage. 
<laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> mm. And yes. I, I could understand her. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But along the way, what's remarkable about, about the strip is how innovative it is uh, graphically. Yeah. Um, she was, I, I'm not aware of many other people in the, before her who used such interesting uh, elements of the comic to, to divide the panels. Yes. You have like a, yeah. a hat stand or a door or yeah. this kind of thing. That, she was really very inventive. And she was the format. first in the world mm. to to, to find out that and to make it up. She N developed her own yeah, language yeah, with yeah, that, yeah, which is marvelous. And, and it's wonderful because they are part of the story. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the elements of the story. And also, of course, it's important to remember that this was in the evening news. It was not in a... Uh, uh, she'd come, of course, from making children's books, but the the the, 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 the commission, the project for, for doing the strip was to make a strip for adult newspaper readers yeah. here in, um, in London, in the UK. Uh, so they could be quite satirical. They were not... Obviously, they were we're not just repeating or the existing children's books. No, and that no. was that was quite well, challenging. They, she had to deal with yeah. new subjects, topical subjects, or sometimes political satirical themes yeah. that uh, were new for her to do. Yeah, they said uh, in the beginning that they 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 want to have uh, those that no politics. No, no direct yeah, politics. No not politicians and no yeah. sex. Okay. And Tove said that it would be a little bit difficult with mummies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was... Well, they, they yeah. obviously, I think that, that probably goes on in between the panels. Yes. And they seem to manage because they, they have children and they do seem to yeah. procreate, yeah. shall yeah. we say. Yes, and, yes, yes. and then... Especially uh, Mimbo, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no death. And, and it, 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 they should be for adults and about uh, uh, culture with a satirical way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think uh, these are in, in every comics, these uh, elements. Yes. yes, very much so, yeah. yeah. One of the things that also surfaced just recently, I remember because I curated an exhibition of Tova's in particular for the Belgian Comic Center in Brussels back in 2010 when it was anniversary of 65 years of the movements. And at that point, you or somebody had discovered in her studio, I think, some of the sort of um, sort of well, they were drawings, were well, the ink drawings of her sort of preparing the characters and the costumes and the elements of of each of, the, of new stories for the evening news. Do you remember those those, those drawings yeah, that came to light? They were fascinating. I, I, I do actually. They were quite um, a mystery, weren't they? When they turned yeah, out. Yeah, um, Tova was incredibly meticulous about how she went about doing a drawing. So she mm. she would make different versions and then choose not just one or two I mean she could make ten different and they would be much the same and and then she would choose one but but what we actually found when we were were looking for material for this particular exhibition uh, was that you know we went through her drawers in the studio where Tula was and we found that uh, she'd left there some of the rough manuscripts to some of the comic strips which would have been drawn in in you know with uh, just with pencil mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in addition to that there were these it was as if she'd used I don't know what the term is in English, but it's kind of kitchen paper, this it's kind of... It's almost like tracing paper, Tracing isn't it? paper, yes. that's yes. sort of like things that you have in the kitchen to stick in your, the oven and mm. put your, your, your little biscuits on or something. Uh, and um, so she'd drawn on those, but not with pencil. I mean, mm -hmm. actu actually, 
in ink, but fantastic little renderings of, you know, the different characters or situations. But just to save, you know, probably paper, I mean, she'd drawn a lot of different ones. So, that, so the whole paper was full of these wonderful small little, you know, episodes from the, from the coming comic strips. Mm -hmm. And when we found them, of course, we immediately took them to the paper, you know, conser conservators. Conserv conservators and, yes. and, and then submitted them for, oh. for, the, for the exhibition because mm -hmm. they were really, really lovely. Very nice to And, um, you know, just very nice to look at. It, I mean, yes, the comic strip is nicer because you have the word and the picture together, mm. which sort of makes the story go forward. Mm. But, but these were just nice because we hadn't seen them before. And, mm. and again, mm. a fantastic you know, example of how extremely you know, organized she was mm, and mm, sort mm. of very careful about getting it right. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one, one context as well that you may not realize is, uh, is that uh, there is hardly any artwork that survived, finished artworks from, sorry, it's a pun there probably, um, uh, <laughs> from the Toby Anderson Moomin strips. Um, because the wonderful Associated Newspapers, um, the syndicate in London, um, well, the, the story goes anyway that they disposed of them. Either they mm. didn't have room to store them. I think there may been some potential offer of would you like the artwork back perhaps that was sent mm. maybe to Tova, maybe by this time it was uh, her, um, her brother Lars who was producing the strip um, but sadly as far as we know a lot of it was just, most of it was destroyed. I believe one of the only surviving pieces was a, uh, an episode that was that she'd held back. She'd drawn it and then thought I can hold this, I can perhaps use it for another time it wasn't actually published and that, that one survived. Um, but what do survive as you mentioned are the other the pencil strips yeah. which she carefully stuck down next to the, the proof prints uh, of, of, the, of the comics. So we were able to show those. And that gives you... And they are beautiful. The pencil yeah. drawings are really exquisite, aren't they? They're, they're, all the thinking is there on the, on the page. Quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, the we, the uh, success of the, of the Moomin children's books, we mustn't forget that, was, was, of course, the main reason why the strip was commissioned. I mean, it was because her books were already phenomenally popular here in the UK and, in, and internationally. Um, so perhaps if we come to that, that for her, the, the medium of the children's book is something we haven't discussed and we could because it's a, a very careful balance between images and words. It's a different balance than comics, but still it has to have, if you're writing for children, you have to write with a lot of care and a lot of, because children are quite critical readers. You know, they're mm -hmm. going to see through if you're going to try and trick them or play with them. Um, and I just wonder if you'd like to comment on her skill as a, as a children's author. Um, because for many people, I think, in the audience, that's going to be yeah, their first way in. But because uh, I, I have this kind of idea, she said anyway quite often that mm. she's writing uh, for, uh, for human beings, so not, not just uh, for children. children, not yes, adults. Yes. So mm. she's writing as, and, and when you read Mumi books, so there are so many levels. Yes. Um, as you said about when she was talking, and uh, she, she, uh, go to the level, uh, see the people at uh, her or his level. Mm -hmm. And uh, so so I have my uh, my knowledge because when I read Mumi books, they, they are, uh, their philosophy is not very 
easy. And, and I have to think about when I'm reading it. Uh, but at the same time, I was uh, re reading um, um, hour before to uh, that same book to my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking they can't understand anything. Mm. And I said, that, do you understand anything? And they said, of course, of course, go on, go on. Uh, and there's a different level. So so mm. um, I, I think this is uh, something that she was brilliant. Uh, and mm. this is very seldom people can find that way. Mm. She's, um, mm. I don't know if you really meant uh, to question that, but, um, um, but uh, I, I, I would say that she wasn't writing uh, adults. She was writing mm, mm, right. for adults or children. Or, for uh, human beings. Yeah, for, she was for human beings. And, yes, and, yes. and it's amazing. So, so, so they are for everyone. Mm. Mm -hmm, exactly. Different, in that sense, different from the, the newspaper strips where you had to have that satirical commentary. Yeah. A different, a different approach. Now, yeah, even yeah. the, the uh, Mummy comics, mm. uh, you see children reading oh, those, yes, and yes. as much so adults reading those. Yes, exactly. You so, get more from it. So, of course. As you, uh, adults, are reading those. Mostly, I think, you're adults, yes. No, they are not done for children only, no. or, uh, or the movie books, so... Right. Hmm. I think partly when, when she started writing the Moomin books, because she decided to call them Moomin trolls, mm. and uh, they, you know, that the first books were perhaps more like fairy tales mm -hmm. and sort of adventure stories. They mm. become more philosophical as she goes on writing new books. Yeah. I think the publishers actually had to categorize them and mm. you know and mm. publish them as children's books because in they those were, days i mean they 1946 yes, they were yes. illustrated yes and they were about trolls i mean you couldn't sell them as adult books mm. no it you know in those days the you know public would have said you know well what's this we don't mm -hmm. want you know mm -hmm. these sort of pictures in in an adult book so mm. they mm. couldn't have been and hence Good she point. was mm. Put into that category of being mm. a uh, you know children's book author, and then of course because they were popular, and she went on writing each Moomin book. Uh, I mean, now if you read them chronologically, you know she becomes much more philosophical as she goes along, and as Tula said, some of the text is is rather complicated in, mm -hmm. in, in fact. Um, and you, you tend to think that, well, actually, it needs to be an adult reading this, because otherwise they don't, they don't get it. Yeah. But, but quite rightly, obviously, she writes in such a way that there are many, many, many levels. So mm -hmm. you can, in fact, even read the last book, you know, Moomin mm -hmm. Valley in November, mm -hmm. uh, as a child, and, and, and have a story there. Mm. But for an adult, I mean, it's really about very complicated existential mm -hmm. philosophy. Absolutely. Uh, but um, I, I, I think that initially it was not necessarily her deciding, I want to write stories for children. No. It was just like Tula said, mm. she said in many interviews, I wrote for myself. Yes. And I wrote about life and things that 
you know, in mm. such a way that she needed to get things out. I mean, she was mm. incredibly productive and had a very, very powerful driver to mm. create things, mm. which I think has become obvious. But, mm, but, mm, mm. and so, you know, calling a book, you know, something about trolls will immediately put you... Right, slots you into the Yeah, in, in some category, yeah. whereas Torbe, of course, was definitely not a person to put into any category at all. Mm, no, I no, mean, no, no. she definitely wanted to not be... Um, pigeonholed. Pigeonholed, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, also in the beginning, there were some funny things that happened. Mm. Uh, the, the second book that she made, The Comet in Mummy Land, so there are... Um, very uh, the same uh, kind of um, uh, text that was in uh, in the newspapers about the um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs. If you read it mm. carefully, mm. when the comet is coming to uh, the earth and maybe every everything uh, are burning, okay. And 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 then uh, she made uh, with her friend Vivica Bandler. Um, um, theater play. Uh, it was her first uh, about that book, uh, and and it was called Mummy Troll and uh, the End of the World. Mm-hmm. So and it was for children, <laughs> and they were thinking there that it's mm. it's a little bit peculiar little thing. Bit dark, uh, yeah, bit dark. the end yeah. of the world, but yeah. it was the end of the world. Really, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the uh, the the thing that uh, there were also these kind of things that were uh, straight from the adult world mm. and war. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Reflected. Yeah, it was 49. Mm, exactly. So yeah. so it's uh, it's so mixed. Yes. And that's it's a part of uh, the names and uh, uh, characters. They are more children, but the uh, kind of happen- things and philosophy... Um, but uh, of course, it they are also for children. Yes, <laughs> they work on, on on multiple levels. Yeah, that's their great strength. Of course, yeah. that continues to. Why people will will read these stories throughout their lives because they keep speaking to their lives as they yeah. do, as they change and mature or, or or grow older. Yes, and the um the other project we can mention, I think, is if you are interested, there's a an exhibition which you we mentioned the, the, at the Athenaeum. A version of this exhibition is actually coming to London uh, in a couple of weeks. In fact, it opens. Um, on the 25th, I think, of October at the Dulwich Picture Gallery in, in London. Um, and it's, so she's in a, in a, in, I think Tove would be thrilled because she's in a proper art gallery mm-hmm. next to, like, the other name. It's a very prestigious place. And there will be quite a number of her paintings yes. uh, on show, um, which are beautiful works. Some of yeah. them we've had up on here. Some of them, a couple of the ones we've had up here uh, uh, on, on the screen have, have been uh, were, um, self-portraits, weren't yes, they? Yes, yes, yes. What, what other kind of uh, painting subjects did she favour? Oh, Tuve uh, made art uh, from uh, herself, self-portraits, mm-hmm. and uh, the portraits of her friends. Yes. And uh, portraits, uh, things from her life, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the scenery from her window, and and uh, the Helsinki pictures, they are wonderful. And, and um, then she was a funny way, because she was, she loved, uh, actually, I 
think she must have loved it. She made very, very small things when she was drawing. They were the, like a miniature. Mm -hmm. And then she loved to be monumental things mm. like paintings. So I she made... There some, some murals that are yes, illustrated in the catalogue. Yeah. They, are, they are magnificent. They right? are magnificent yeah. and yeah. they are really big. Mm. And and she made those murals more than anyone in, in Finland. Really? Mm. And maybe more uh, than anyone in England or so, mm -hmm. so they are. They are in Helsinki. There are very many, and then she made for the children um, houses and uh, banks and whatever. Uh, and and they, she she really she she was very good with the uh, large uh, uh, canvases large and, scale works, and yeah, then like. also the miniature thing. So and of course she she. She loved, as I said, she loved colors. And in her paintings, uh, she, you can see it. And she was so worried about, uh, she, she wrote to her friend Eva uh, very often that she's worried about if her colors are fading out, mm -hmm. but they were not. And, uh, and she was very good with colors. And the other side uh, that she was, as I said, that maybe her problem was that she was so good in different kind of fields. So the other thing that she's exceptionally good, maybe best in Hels in Finland, maybe best in Europe, that is extraordinary, is the way she's doing the line, mm -hmm. when she draws the mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. And even the figures in movie books, they are quite small, mm -hmm. uh, but go with the line. You just... Uh, Look the line. It, it's vivid and mm. uh, and it's uh, it's free mm. and it's not done. It's born. Yes, and, very nicely put. And and, and that's mm. uh, that's uh, that's, uh, that's uh, something that is uh, like odd a person uh, because it's usually you are good in colors or line mm. or drawing, mm -hmm. but uh, she was both. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. that wasn't very, um, this was a problematic thing also. Yes. Perhaps the problem of almost being, having too many interests, too many yeah. creative outlets that, that uh, to balance them all. And we should touch on her marvelous books because uh, Summer Book is, is one of the, one of many people's favorites. Another one I love is uh, uh, Fair Play, the last novel she wrote, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. And um, she's a, she uses words as you might expect, absolutely beautifully and in, in, in without any images in, in her novels. That was an important part of her, her creativity, wasn't it, too? Yeah, I, I, I would perhaps point out that, that, well, I don't know if Tula agrees with me, but, but when she moved into writing more and more, mm. I mean, she didn't give up painting or drawing or anything ever, but, but uh, when she then moved into writing first the moving books and then later on fiction for adults it was a lot of short stories um, and then as you mentioned fair play um, a, a few novels and they tend to be about human relationships 
uh, often two people or three people, and really about what happens in the communication between these people in, in, in different situations. But what she does in her prose um, is it's very sparse, and she sort of leaves a lot of things unsaid. So in fact, she does a bit what she would do with a canvas. I mean, different spaces, empty spaces, and with her illustrations, they speak to you as much mm-hmm. as what is actually then said. Um, and this was very typical for her. I mean, she imbued any kind of simple dialogue with so much meaning that, you know, when you've read it, you know, you go home and think, oh, hang on, what was that actually about? (laughs) (laughs) It was probably not about the conversation the characters were having, and you do realize, no, in fact, it's about something uh, on a a completely different level. I think... Throughout her life, Torve was an incredible observer of humans and how they interact, and of course, nature and everything around her. I mean, but she just saw things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, she then had the capability to actually put it into words or into a drawing, uh, which I think, you know, many of us might see things, perhaps not not as much as she did, but then to have the ability to actually describe it somehow in such a way that you you yourself, you know, feel that, oh, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I feel, because it's about that, nuances, yeah. very, and she did that very much with her prose. And, and, and unfortunately, I think, because of the fame of the Moomin books, um, her later fiction really kind of was overshadowed mm. by mm. the fame mm. in the Moomins, uh, created from the Moomins, and she never really was recognized for, for, for those books. Mm. Uh, and then again, yeah. of course, not to mention her, her career as a painter. Mm. Um, but they're really worthwhile reading. Mm. Mm. Uh, in fact, well, I shouldn't say this, but maybe even more than the movements. Um, no, actually, the, the, the movements are great as well. But uh, but uh, I I really I really like the way she describes you know very sort of simple situations between you know two human beings and mm. what happens there. All those unseen things that that uh, then she somehow manages to, to put into mm-hmm. to a story. Was that, you've been telling me a while ago, when, when, perhaps when we first met at the ICA a few years ago, that there was a summer book movie adaptation. Have I missed that? Is that happening it's or not? It's like so many of those. It's, it's in production. Yes, in, in it's still under option. Okay, so let's hope it happens. <laughs> it's, yes, yes. It's, it's basically, uh, it's moved forward. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm skeptical. You never th- believe that it's actually going to happen until you see it. No, but no. Yeah, I mean, this time we're hopeful, but it's still under options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to just just uh, interrupt Jonathan from his beautiful drawing. Just to, can you, could be, are, are you mic'd up? Can you um, shout otherwise? Yeah, but I think so. For you, what, what's it, what, 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 what do you love about uh, Tove Janssen's 
Finland's work. And, and actually, I want to clarify, did you actually go to Finland? We to the archi- You weeks, went yeah. there to see the actual <coughs> islands? Yes. And the, did you go to Torbjansson's home? No, we didn't at that time. No. I'd, I'd like to. This project wasn't on then. We just went okay. to Helsinki to draw, and it was only afterwards we were approached to do this project. Ah, lovely. Right, uh, right. I suppose I discovered the Moomins when I would have been about 10 or 11, through mm-hmm. TV, as most people my age For many did. people, that was the way in, wasn't it? In the it? UK. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I was completely unaware of the comics. Yeah, well, as most of us were, yes. Yeah, yeah and they yeah. were just incredible. And like you said, the balance between illustration and comics and trying to do something more, you know, diverse with what she does and trying to... So that's, it's just, you know, inspiring on every level, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then artistically, I mean, you're... you're obviously, you're, you're, have you have your own approach. Right. But do you see... Are you channeling some of Toby Anderson's uh, drawing? I try to. In? With the exhibition, I looked yeah. at everything she did. So, mm. like you mentioned, the scraper bulb work in the exhibition... Yeah. She did wonderful things with hatching, and mm-hmm. um, I like a, a abstract paintings, which I hadn't seen until I read the, the biography. Yeah. So you know, there's there's always something there when I think. I've taken everything I can from Tove Janssen's work. I see another facet of it, mm. and that inspires me again. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. So, and, and I'll mention again about the exhibition, because I had a chance, both Tula and I, we wrote essays for the catalogue. So I just want to share with you the, the exciting discovery that I made. Actually, two interesting discoveries. We'll just, and I've got 10 minutes to go, so we want some time for some Q&A. This is the last mm. bit, then we'll open it up, I promise. Um, well, uh, as I said to you, all the artwork from, all the original finished artworks of the strips from the Moomin strips were thought to have been destroyed by the by the Associated Newspapers Press, except for this one um, that kept aside. But then um, I was in turn, I knew that the um, the, the cartoons, the, what's it called now? The Centre for the Study of Cartoons is an archive at the University of Kent in Canterbury. On their website, they had a, a listing for Toby Anson. It said 10 drawings, and it didn't say what they were. So I said, Can, could you just tell me what, what have you got? And they had to go to their store, which is in Dover. They had to rummage around a bit to find the right box. It it was part of something like eight tons tons of material, much of it drawings and cartoon strips and and everything from the Daily Mail from the Associated Newspapers, but they dug out the box. Inside were ten finished, complete and original artworks of the the Moomin strips, which we didn't know had survived at all. They were held back by Colin McKenzie, who was the art editor. They hoped to do a biographical article about her for an American magazine, and it never happened, so that was lucky. But then, around the same time I was researching the essay, I had this other extraordinary email come through from a lady named Jane De Silva, who is the daughter of David Myers, who is a who was a cartoonist working on the Evening News in the 50s at the same time as Toby Anson being there. And he had rescued and had left to his daughter this very scrappy, mysterious drawing. It was covered in coffee stains and <laughs> ink smudges, and it obviously had not been looked after. It was a miraculous thing to have survived at all. And we had to share it with various experts to figure out, what is this? It turns out from, a, from about the second or third strip in the, in, that she ever made, she'd made an earlier version, a trial version, a test. Obviously, this is part of her schooling, as you say, to learn how to make comics with Charles Sutton, with the team at the, the newspaper. This one didn't pass muster. It had problems. It had to be reworked. The script is the same. But the lettering, the signature, the style is different. And it's a fascinating example. We now have, for the first time, a chance to see how Tova was learning to make comics. So some of those works will be on show at the Dulwich Picture Gallery. So I, I'm not, I do check it out. 
And there is a lovely catalogue, which I believe we may have copies of, I don't know, in, alongside uh, your beautiful biography, um, Atula. So can we, have the, can we have lights up and we have a microphone? And what I haven't done, I can hear Julie in the background saying, you haven't mentioned Arts Council England or the Finnish Institute London. We love the Arts Council England and the Finnish Institute London, don't we? Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Because... Unfortunately, you can't see Jonathan Edwards, who drew live throughout the discussion. Edwards is joint creator with Felt Mistress of Archipelagogo, a new exhibition inspired by Tuve Janssen, which was commissioned for the Lakes International Comic Art Festival. This discussion, more than the Moomins, the life and work of Tuve Janssen, was sponsored by the Finnish Institute in London and Moomin Characters. Thanks for listening. Find us online at www.fininst.uk.